Get ready, Avalanche territory. It's now time for the Mile High Hockey Podcast with Mike Evans on your home for the most Avalanche content. Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Hey, everyone. Welcome back into the Mile High Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Evans. We get great guests every week to talk about the Avalanche and the uh, NHL in general. And doesn't get any better than this guy, Adrian Dater, our Avalanche insider, ColoradoHockeyNow.com, provides excellent, excellent coverage of the Avalanche home and away. Everything you need to know about the Avs as they begin the defense of their Stanley Cup. AD, looking forward to chopping it up with you, uh, not only today, but throughout the course of the season. But I, I, I want to jump right into what's going on with, with Gabe Landeskog and this knee injury that will have him out 12 weeks. What, what can you tell us about not only the injury, but why did it take till now to get this operation done? Why wasn't it done earlier in the summer? Well, this story, I'm afraid I don't know all the inside details on. I, you know, I, you know, knee injuries and and uh, as injuries in general right now. Um, I guess I've taken a little bit more of a, uh, you know, not as much of a Columbo attitude on it. I guess I, I would say I. Uh, um, there's just for a number of reasons. Maybe we can get into that. But it, it's uh, it's from what I know, the injury um, was to, to the same knee, and uh, frankly, you know, he he probably tried to re- come back a little too soon from the original injury. I mean, that's that's this thing about you know superstition that he wasn't skating on uh, game days in the playoffs. It wasn't quite that as we probably can now surmise, you know, the knee was bothering him. And from what I hear, it just didn't respond well enough over the summer. Uh, he, the rest and recuperation time that was supposed to heal all everything after playing hurt in the playoffs just didn't happen. So uh, I think everybody was a little surprised that, uh, you know, the determination was made to get going on the knife again, to scope it out. And, and here we go again, 12 weeks. It's a blow, obviously, but uh, you know, better better now than late in the season. Uh, I think, um, you know, probably a couple tough questions, probably internally by the Az about what, 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 why wasn't this fixed the first time? I'm sure that may be asked towards some doctors, but uh, listen, this stuff happens. Uh, I think uh, the good news is that this, this should be fixed permanently this time, and at least this current problem and he'll be back for plenty of time in the season what he went through what does that say about how he was able and what he was able to play through to deliver in the playoffs the way he did oh i mean it's going to be his legacy in some ways he 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 was great in the playoffs he he only played on you know he didn't practice much didn't skate on game days in the morning skate and he he went out and performed I mean, uh, his num- playoff numbers are good. He was making making big plays right to the end. I mean, um, that's how he's going to be, you know, a legend in this town. By when more, maybe more of this comes out when he starts talking more about about what he went through. I mean, he, he hasn't done any interviews since this happened. Um, 
or, you know, this season anyway. So um, he seemed all full of good spirits in the summer, obviously, with the parade and everything. He didn't look hurt to me when he was <laughs> caterwauling around on the Civic Center steps. Yeah. Um, so I guess we're going to have to hear more from him what what happened. But, uh, you know, what a legacy he has. He gets a cup playing her on a bum knee. Um, he, he'll He'll – burnish that legacy forever that's just a great testament to him as a captain so the avalanche move on without Gabe for the next uh, three months and early impressions for you we're only uh, four games as you and I are, are talking right now only four games into the season early observations of this hockey team well you know it looked um just a little off, of course. They're two one and one. It seems like they they haven't really put together a full sixty minute game just yet. Although, you know, opening night beating Chicago, I mean, they played a pretty solid game, even though it was a what two to one game. Um, uh, I, um, no, it was what was it? They gave up two goals. I'm blanking. Sorry, guys, on the score. But uh, anyway, I thought they played pretty well on opening night. Um, they're not getting anything out of the second line. That's for me been one of the biggest stories of the season so far. The uh, Alex Newhook and Evan Rodriguez, who started the season on the second line, now they played third line last night. Yep. Uh, have no points combined. Uh, four games zero zero zero. So that's a concern. Um, not much depth scoring so far. Uh, you've seen guys already shuffling back and forth from Loveland, Colorado to Denver on the, from the Eagles. Uh, Avalanche just sent back Anton bleed, Jason Megna today, who knows is coming back just yet. Um, you can tell that Jared Bednar is unhappy with the, uh, the production of the bottom three lines. It's, it looks like a one line team too much right now. Um, but you know, and the penalty killing has been bad. I think they're still last in the league. In that they, uh, I think they've given up one in every game at least. So, um, but you know, I'm certainly not going to be. I'm certainly not worried about this team. Uh, I don't think even the real good teams even start paying true attention to anything until like January. So I'm, I'm not worried. I think uh, they do have to think about this second line thing though. If Alex Newhook just isn't going to get it done, then then they're going to have to start thinking about an acquisition by the deadline for me that's that's going to be the overarching story moving into the second half if things like this keep keep staying the way they are with with that line but you're not rushed uh, right you're not you can you can you have the luxury to sit back and say hey let's let let's let this thing play out for what 20 25 30 35 games before we really feel the need to have to address it yeah Bednar said he'd give two months to to Newhook to really give it make a chance, you know. But again, he dropped him dropped him to the third line last night. Um, I'm not so sure Bednar is just going to be as patient as he says. But uh, look, they got till the deadline to get a new guy in, and they also accrue more cap space by doing that and waiting waiting longer. If you want to get a Jonathan Taze in here, let's say, and his 10.5 million cap hit. You're going to want more games to go by, so you can better absorb that. So, or anybody else who's really highly paid. So, um, 
Yeah, I think the Avs are going to have to try and uh, win some lower-scoring games probably with Landeskog out, with uh, maybe not as much from Newhook as you thought, loss of Kadri, loss of Burakovsky too. People forget about him. 61 points last year that's now out of the lineup too that hasn't been replaced. So, um, you know, try to win, muck it through. Avs may just have to win some ugly games at times to get through, get Landy back. And go get a maybe a new second line center for the cup run. But yet, all uh, the while, though, being careful not to overwork or abuse your core, right? Yep. I mean, that's that's yep. the tricky balance that you have to to walk here. Yep. Yep. I mean, they're gonna again, you know, um, without Landy, without Darren Helm, right now, they're they're. A little short on the forward up, but when you add in the loss of Kadri and Berkey, you know you're talking about four really good forwards who contributed mightily to the Stanley Cup run last year who aren't here right now. So they uh, they got a lot of guys that we haven't really heard much of in their careers. You know Anton Bleed, and for a while it was Lucas Sedlak who got picked up on waivers yesterday by Philly. He's gone. You know Martin Kaut getting a look. You know Megna. On and on, we got these sort of uh, you know depth guys that are trying to fit in, and it hasn't gone smoothly so far for those guys. But uh, yeah, you know, McKinnon and Landon are going to have to carry the load for this team moving forward as forwards. Uh, I'm sure they're going to be happy with carrying the load, and they have, certainly have so far. I think they're going to have to get more offense from the defense again. You know, Kale McCarr still hasn't scored a goal. Uh, you know, you're going to need that so. But yeah, look, they're gonna win. They're gonna win plenty of games. The, the, the question too is: Is Georgiev going to be, you know, the ace that the, they're hoping as a goalie? I, I would say he's looked sort of mixed so far. Yeah, I was gonna ask you as we uh, visit with Adrian Dater here on the Mile High Hockey Podcast. Uh, early impressions of uh, now, is it Georgiev or Georgiev? Yeah, it's Gorgi Georgiev. Georgiev. Okay, I saw Georgiev. Georgie, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. All right, Georgiev, what early impressions of him? You know, he went 149-plus minutes without allowing a goal. It's five-on-five, even strength. All the first several goals scored against him were on power plays. So, you know, in that sense, I thought he looked fine. Um, You know, he's given up a couple goals that, you know, looked a little soft. But uh, I think overall he's looked pretty decent. Always tough for a goalie to come in on a new team and get adjusted to the D and the communication and all that. Um, I think he looks pretty quick. Um, you know, sometimes – I mean, he, he gave up that OT goal last night, but his angles were good. I mean, the guy made a great shot, um, and it was a two-on-one. But uh, I, I think he's – I think I've seen – you know, some good stuff out of him to, to the point where I think, you know, this guy could get better and he's so young still. So, so far, so good, I think. But, uh, you know, um, the fact is he's still unproven technically and you still have to see the proof in front of your eyes before you can feel really confident in him. You know, you mentioned the, the adjustment period that has to occur between a, a goaltender and the, and the guys in front of him. How long did it take with Darcy Kemper last year? Yeah, it took a while. And, you know, he uh, he struggled at times for sure last year. Um, he really didn't look good until the second half, I thought. 
same thing happened with Grubauer when he was here, yeah. his first yeah. year. Same thing happened with Semyon Varlamov, his first year here. Um, so yeah, it takes time. I, uh, I think, I think, I think I like Georgie's, uh, you know, just general athleticism, and it seems like he's he works hard. I, I, I like his body language a little bit. It seems like he, he's, he's into it competitively. You know, Darcy, Darcy always looked like a guy who just, eh, there's a goal against. You know, no big deal. I mean, goalies have to have that attitude. Like, forget about it. <laughs> Darcy's such a nice guy. It always seemed like he was a little too nice for, for me. Right, you know, we right. like fiery guys, right? We're, we're used to Patrick Waugh, right, Mike? So right, we, right. <laughs> we like a little emotion probably, but uh, I, I think the kid's going to be okay. You know, he's he, he'd be all right. As we uh, get introduced to some of these new abs, you mentioned Evan Rodriguez struggling. He came off a career year in Pittsburgh, and his signing was – uh, really heralded as one of the really good value signings uh, that occurred during the summer around the NHL. So his early struggles, what would you attribute those to? Good question. Um, he played center most of last year with Pittsburgh. He's playing wing this year. I wonder if he's being miscast a little. And yeah. I wonder if he'll go back to center and that new hook plays either another line center and they break those two up or he plays wing on a line with Rodriguez. Um, you know, new team, new conference, new everything. Got to give the guy a little more time before we really start, uh, you know, hammering him. With, but uh, he didn't look very good last night, I think. He's just – he's on the wing. He's, he's not a big, huge guy who can just cycle a puck down low and that kind of guy. I'm wondering if he's just, like I said, a little miscast. Uh, I think he – from when I, I talked to him before the season, and I thought, you know, he, he I think he thought he was going to be a center. Um, he, he hasn't been one so far. So, Bednar may just want to move him back and give him a try as a center, and uh, maybe that'll up his production. I think he'll be okay. He seems like a hardworking kid who has some chances, just hasn't put one in yet. Uh, had five shots the other night in Minnesota. That was a decent game. He had a wraparound that he could have scored on last night, and he just missed it. Um, let's give him, you know, 10, 20 games for really start really, uh, critically analyzing everything about him. Yeah. There is something to the idea that it, it takes a while to get comfortable, to get acclimated. And which, which leads me to two guys that boy, they, they're looking like they are now completely comfortable in their avalanche skin. And that is uh, Valeri Nachuskin and, and Aturi Lekkonen. And I curious just where would you put the ceiling for these guys? How much uh, do they have to grow now that they seem as comfortable as they look? Well, first of all, Nachuskin looks fabulous. Uh, just what a story he's been. I mean, the guy was picked up literally off the scrap heap, um, you know, um, from Dallas a couple, three years ago. And after he was bought out by the stars and really had nowhere else to go, comes here and just, and look, now he's got an eight year contract. Yeah. I mean, he's going to make $50 million. I know he's a, he's a, he's a star player now in my mind. He's, he's one of the better two, four forwards in the league. He's so big. Uh, wow. What a story. Uh, I don't see the, I don't see the limit to where he can't get, you know, 80 points for this team now. I mean, he, he, the one thing that was still down a little bit in his career is point production, but 
he's on a point per game pace now, and I uh, I don't see it slowing down really. Uh, he's going to get more ice time with Landis Gog out. And he's just been a great, great player. So potential, wow. potential, potential forty goal guy in your mind? Thirty-five. Uh, be a little high. I'll, I'll go with thirty. Okay. Um, but uh, you know, if, if, if he gets the chances he's getting, forty could could happen. You know, I love I love Lekin in what a steal that was. Joe Sackett just stole him yeah. from Montreal. The guy they traded for, Justin Barron, didn't even make the club this year. He, although I think he'll be all right defensively, but the fact is he was disappointed he got cut. Uh, uh, Lekkinen is a great two-way player as well. I, I, uh, I think he's got a couple games without much point production, but uh, oh, he's, those two guys have added so much dimension to the team. It's not even funny. And uh, all came really just for almost for nothing. It's yeah. crazy. You know, I think about – I think about <laughs> – it, it, it's you and I are both back from the East Coast, Boston guys. It would be like you know, at, at some point, if if you, you were another NBA team and and somebody said uh, Red Arbacks on the phone, you're like, nope, nope, not taking that call. You know, I wonder if it's the the same thing when the Avalanche come calling now, because whether it's uh, Nachushkin, Lekkinen, uh, Devon Taves, uh, I mean, just just steals. I mean, highway robbery, which does which does lead me to ask you the. The structure, the dynamic now in the Avs front office, is, is it still Joe Sackick, or has he really handed the reins off to Chris McFarland? No, I think he has handed the reins off to McFarland. Uh, I see some people still commenting that oh, it's all Joe's team still. No, I don't think so. I uh, I think it's McFarland. Uh, Joe's not the kind of guy who goes. Joe Joe does not. You know this, Joe. When he says something, it's that's that's truth. And he said, yeah, this is Chris's team now in the day-to-day operations of personnel. Yeah, I can sign off on things, and I'm still involved. But, uh, no, I think Joe is, is, is taking a more hands-off approach. He wants to be consulted, of course. He's part of the front office management. But uh, Chris McFarland is, is the guy. And, uh, you know, he had roles in trades, too. I mean, don't forget, people, Chris McFarland had a huge say – was a huge factor in the Matthew Shane trade back in 2017. He was the guy who kind of turned the trade around and got things moving at the end. Uh, I've heard he had a couple meetings with uh, with Nashville and, and Ottawa and um, convinced some guys to get you know this guy and that guy, and then that's how the trade works. So um, he's a uh, he's a sharp guy and he's a hardworking guy. You see him all the time. Uh, I haven't seen Joe around the rink much. So for one thing, there is, uh, you know, take that for what it's worth. So, yeah, uh, Joe, uh, Joe's gonna, you know, Joe kick himself upstairs and get a little more leisurely life, maybe, and that's probably what he wanted. And uh, but I think it's still really good operation in the front office. He's still there. Last one for you, Adrian Dater, my guest here on the Mile High Hockey Podcast. Uh, I'll leave Chicago out of this. They're they're clearly in in major rebuild mode, but we've had a chance to see so far Winnipeg, uh, Calgary. And and Minnesota, uh, Adrian, I just don't see part of the reason why I'm so bullish on the idea of the Avs getting back to the Stanley Cup Finals. They they dominated the Western Conference playoffs a year ago, and I just don't see anybody in the West who's made enough of a jump to really feel that they can challenge the Avs. Do you see anybody potentially out there? Minnesota got their first crack. 
failed miserably. Uh, Calgary did beat the Avs, so they, they bear watching. But just your overall view of the Western Conference uh, competitors out there as it relates to being able to challenge the Avs. You know, I don't really see anybody other than Calgary that could really seriously contend, although I do think St. Louis is still going to be heard from, and they're 2-0, and and Jordan Bennington's healthy again. So, uh, But, you know, the, I thought the Blues uh, did not add enough pieces to their other regular lineup over the summer, and they lost David Perron. I thought it was a big loss. Um, you know, Calgary's a good team, though, and <laughs> They lose Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk, but maybe their chemistry is better without those two guys. Right. You know, they kind of whined a lot about their contracts and, and and puck, you know, a bit of a puck hog. Both guys. So uh, um, Nazem Kadri comes in, and Jonathan Huberto is a very good player. Um, they look good. They look good in, in beating the Abs. Um, I don't know if their goaltending is good enough, but. Uh, Calgary and St. Louis are really the only teams I could see giving the Avs a serious run in the playoffs, assuming the Avs go into the playoffs healthy enough and and, uh, whatnot. All right, AD, I want you to uh, pump up what you guys got going on at coloradohockeynow.com and uh, how Avalanche fans can uh, uh, get in on this outstanding coverage that you provide home and away all season long. Well, thanks, Mike. You know, it's sites entering its fourth year. It's gone well. Uh, You know, the numbers are good. Um, I'm just grateful to the readers out there. If you want five bucks off the regular $29.99 price, just go on the site, hit the subscribe button, and throw in the promo code five off. You'll get five bucks off a year subscription. Uh, Grateful to anybody who signs up. We do do our best. I hired a, a good young kid named Brennan Boat who's uh, adding to the coverage and uh, got a great guy from New Hampshire, uh, Mike, who's adding some uh, voice of the fan coverage. His name is Pat Salvas. He's a former sports information director at Dartmouth College, and uh, he's a really funny writer. So it's uh, it's gone well, and uh, hopefully it'll keep doing well. Thanks to uh, my, my superlative readers out there, and uh, thank you, Mike, for that plug. Wow, Dartmouth, you're really classing up the operation, huh? Hey, that's right. <laughs> Not a little better college in Keene State where I went, right, Mike? <laughs> right. Well, hey, yeah, I'm familiar with it. Uh, hey, hey, Adrian, always a pleasure to uh, visit with you. We're going to be doing a lot of this throughout the course of the year. I truly appreciate it. I'm sure everybody listening appreciates it as well, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you again very soon. Okay, Mike, it's always a pleasure. Can't wait to talk more. There he is, Adrian Dater, everybody. My guest here on the Mile High Hockey Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Tell your fellow friends and Avalanche fans all about it. Always appreciate the feedback, and uh, we'll be back again next week with a another installment of the Mile High Hockey Podcast.